All right. Well, we're recording then. All right. Well, good morning. <laughs> good morning. Another wonderful uh, uh, way to kick off the day with 20 minutes of debugging. Yeah. You know, what's interesting is that I started to listen last time and we, neither of us, I don't think, said each other's name. Good morning, Steve. <laughs> good morning, Matt. I, I think that's how we used to do it. We always used to be like, morning, Matt. But last time it was just like, so where were we? And we just never introduced ourselves. So all our poor, confused fans out there just suffered through a whole episode without even knowing who we are. Well, I'll work on this uh, Im immense problem and be very careful <laughs> in the future. Yeah. <laughs> so how's it going? Ah, uh, how is it going? Um, I actually played games this week a little bit, but not too much, uh, which is an well, it's not it's not previous. it's not possible to game too much. Uh, yeah, I mean. <laughs> it is it is pretty dire these days honestly well what were you playing um just flicking through games i mean my only real gaming these days uh is with the kids um and i know you you seem pretty good at this like having a game you play with your son and then he's yeah. excited about it and then you arrange regular sessions or whatever i don't really know exactly what you do but my kids uh bore easy and they either tire quickly of any kind of new game I throw in the mix or they just want to keep going back to uh, uh, Untitled Goose Game. And so, <laughs> I mean, I know, like, I think you like that game and I used to, but after... I mean, yeah, it was it was fun the first time through. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I shouldn't, I can't rat on it, like, in general, but it, it's definitely a game that, uh, at least for me, replay value isn't quite <laughs> as high <laughs> as other games. And so, uh, certainly on the, whatever, 20th playthrough, yeah, I'm kind of zoned out. But uh, yeah, I don't know. Just kind of clicking through my Steam collection. I was actually playing uh, Gunpoint for the first time in what feels like years. Yeah, yeah. Um, I played that uh, a few years back. I yeah. played that one quite a bit. Yeah, I like that game. Um, kids got a chuckle out of it, so uh, it was kind of neat. Um, yeah, nothing special. Um, I'm, I'm playing uh, EVO, which is... Uh, I don't know that one. Um, really, so it's a Super Nintendo game, and I like it, and back in the day I really loved it, but I think it's one of those games that when you go back to, I anyway just see so many ways it could be done better. Um, I think it, it was really like kind of the limitations of the time and, and you know, that kind of thing. Um, really cool game. It's, uh, it's about, it's by Enix, or it's, I guess they were a publisher, not a developer, but um, um, it's this game where you're these i don't even know how you'd explain it basically there's all these different eras and you are an animal from that era and then you have to evolve into the next era and as mm. you play it's like the instead of like an experience system where your whatever creature you you're using just kind of grows you choose how you evolve and so it starts like you out as this fish and you have to choose like how to like if you want to evolve a bigger tail if you want to evolve a horn if you want to evolve um, you know, a bigger body or different fins, and then you're supposed to like evolve kind of like depending on what level you're in. Um, you the best way to play the game would be to evolve in a way that kind of suits that level. Like the first level, you have to fight this giant fish thing at the end, so you need to evolve this really strong horn so you can charge into it. And then there's like another level where there's like lava spitting everywhere, so you want to evolve a big tail so that you can get through the level really quickly and avoid all the lava and stuff like that. Um, I feel like in practice, it's pretty easy to just evolve to the max form pretty quick and then just fly through the game. Hmm. But um, anyway, uh, yeah, if you haven't heard of it, it's it's one of those uh, uh, Super Nintendo gems, pretty short too. Um, I kind of, I say I'm playing it. Uh, it's been months to play through this, like probably you know, <laughs> ten hour game. But here and there, a little bit of that too. Nice. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking at. Uh, it sounds. Like it was an inspiration for Spore a little bit. Hmm. Um, I'm I'm just looking at it on the the Wikipedia page. It looks kind of interesting. Uh, it it's got a not the best score in the world for reception. <laughs> That's funny. Um, I growing up, I just thought it was the coolest thing, and I still think if you read like a little blurb about the game. I, I don't know. I think that's a really cool idea. Like I don't really see that too often. It seems like something that's been tried a few times and just never 
maybe never done perfectly super well and kind of caught on to this big uh, uh, popular game. But um, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I often find actually when I play Super Nintendo games, I can like sit down with a notepad and list out ways that you could make like a new version of this game that was like would be like way cooler or something. Mm. Um, you probably recall I was really excited about uh, uh, King Arthur's World back in the day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, King Arthur's Gold. Uh, world. Uh, gold is the. Uh, I mean, I, I guess someone else was excited about King Arthur's World too, and then right. Gold is was yeah, kind of like what somebody was working on. I, I wonder what happened to that. That that seemed promising at the time. <laughs> I haven't checked on it in forever. Yeah, yeah I don't know. Arthur's Gold was released on Steam in November 2013 with a rating of 9 out of 10. Hey. And then we never heard from it again, so. Yeah, well. How about you? Uh, I've been playing a little bit. Um, you definitely have more of a, uh, I mean, I used to do this, but like, like here's the next 10 games I'll play, this one, then this one, then this one, yeah, or at least yeah. I feel that way. <laughs> Whereas well, I'm always like, well, I have tw 20 minutes now, what am I going to play, la, la, la. I mean, I'm, I'm yeah, I, I don't tend to just jump into short games. Like, I, I know that's kind of like a, a thing, is like you've got a, a, a one of those emulator carts that has a ton of games on it on your NES, and, and you like to just like jump into all these little arcade-style things that only take a few minutes. Uh, but I've, I've never really been into that. Most of the stuff that I play is like a minimum of 10 hours long. Um, and I've just yeah. got, I've, I've got literally hundreds of games that I've bought over the years and have never even played. So I try to give it some sort of a priority list of like, what will I jump into next? And, and hopefully it's got some sort of variety to it. So it's not like. I'm just jumping constantly from JRPG to JRPG or something. Like it, mm -hmm. it, it's like a palate cleanse every single time. <laughs> I totally get it. Like I said, I used to be exactly like that. I I've been really trying to focus on never being unhappy during my like my precious uh, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Of time. And I find like ten hour games. I shouldn't say unhappy. I I want to be maximally entertained i guess yeah. across the course of a 10-hour game i just consistently or 10 hour plus 20 40 100 whatever i just tend to consistently consistently find that there's like all this downtime and it just drives me nuts i mean we've had this conversation i think on like messenger or whatever a million times but yeah just uh man i don't know i, I could name drop various games but generally when it starts to get to be a longer game probably like half of that time i just feel very not uh <laughs> not thrilled to be playing and that's something i've i've finally yeah. gotten a gotten a, a strong distaste for these days yeah i mean when when i'm playing i i will often um regulate my play style depending on my engagement like i just played through ghost mm. of tsushima and mm. i put 59 and a half hours into that and I, I platinumed it, which means like I got like all the trophies. And that's the first game I've ever done that with. Like mm. I I thoroughly enjoyed playing that game. Mm. Whereas um I I also attempted to play Bloodborne and I put an hour into that and I hated it and I never touched it again. <laughs> I guess an hour is enough to get to get that uh uh, that taste I, that's certainly like i feel like that threshold for me has dropped a lot lately like if a game if i was excited about a game 10 years ago i would probably put i don't know my I, five hours in if, if it was like a miserable five hours i might finally be like okay 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 i'm gonna stop now it's like after 20 minutes if it doesn't grab me i'm like okay i'm just never ever gonna play this i mean I, that. <laughs> I just i just have so many games that i'm excited to play that uh -huh. You know, if if it's not going to grip me, then I'm not going to waste my time. Mm -hmm. um, and it's you know, there's there's happy mediums with that too. Like I've I've played Uncharted Four, and I loved that game, but I didn't go out of my way to find every little thing in it. I just played through it, and that's that's typically how I play stuff. Is I don't go searching for all the little secrets and and try to hundred percent it. I I just enjoy my time. And, mm -hmm. and see where that takes me. 
blood bloodborne i i just did not enjoy that hour at all Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. i guess like when you're describing having all these games and they're 10 hours each and you just if you don't play them they'll just sit there or whatever i mean that's kind of obviously i'm kind of in the same boat and i just find playing short games Mm -hmm. is my weird solution to that i guess because you just you play a short game then you go to the next one then you go to the next one then you go to the next one right that's I always start to get that feeling when I'm playing like some hour long game or sorry, some uh, like hundred hour game where it's like, you know, I, I have all these other games. I mean, again, if I'm playing a hundred hour game and I love it every second of it, sure. But that, yeah. that whole downtime feeling, like once that kind of kicks in, I'm just like, Oh, why am I playing this when I have all these other games? I find with shorter games, I just, I never really get there. Like even, I mean, cyber shadow, we both played at the same time recently. And mm-hmm. that was like what, 11 hours, right? Like that felt pretty, Okay, like a good nine, length. Yeah, nine hours for me. Sure, I ten, I think, for me, or ten and a half. But yeah. but like, yeah, yeah, yeah. If that was twenty hours, I might have kind of really started to time out pretty quick. Yeah, in that second half, I think. Yeah, I feel like that was kind of a perfect length. Yeah. Um, for me, I tend to enjoy continuity. Like, I prefer watching a TV series to watching a film. I prefer reading a novel to reading a comic book. Like I, I, I mean, I guess that's kind of backwards when I say the comic books, because usually those are like a story that unfolds over like several issues. But I, I enjoy something that I can play for an hour and then come back to. And it, it's like the same experience, but new each time. Whereas like if, if I'm doing something like, I don't know, Dig Dug or Pac-Man uh, I feel like the day-to-day experience is not going to be different enough to warrant revisiting. Yeah, I get that. I mean, the <laughs> the, the examples are like I think definitely prove your point. I guess for me, it's like uh, like if I was to step out of video games, I guess like if you loved chess, like yeah depends on what kind of chess player you are or what level of interest you have. But I mean, for some people, chess is chess. You sit down, it's the same game, you're bored of it already, whatever. But like yeah. people who like chess, it's like, it's the same, but it's not. Cause like the rule set is the same, but the unfolding is the exciting part. Yeah. Those yeah. are the games I like. Yeah. Um, where it's like the continuity thing I get. And I like that too. But like, even like if we go all the way back two older games kind of like i don't know like i I think anyway probably if i was to go and really think hard about the games that stood out to me it would be more like those kind of games Mm. um generally i guess uh yeah 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 i don't know i don't know even though even like yeah say gunpoint is probably a short game i don't actually know how long it is but it's like a sequence of puzzly levels um you kind of get that con- continuity thing you're describing. It's just not. That it's one, that just w- not fifty hours. Yeah, that one took me three hours. Three, yeah, I, I, yeah, I'm pretty sure it's pretty short. I, I think it's like twenty levels or something. Yeah, it was fun though. Yeah, um, yeah I mean, I, I guess to be fair, there was the, if I am revisiting a game that's a short thing, uh, like a Smash Bros or something, there's there's something to be said for that type of game where it's like about building mastery of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I've I've just got a, a big backlog. So what what I have been playing right now is uh, I finally, after like three years or something, changed the strings on my guitar. <laughs> so <laughs> so uh, I've I finally picked up Rocksmith 2014, uh, oh, okay. and, and I'm trying to do that a little bit. But my I've it's been so long since I've played guitar that uh, I got to rebuild calluses and stuff. Uh, so wow. I, I'm kind of dabbling in that. Um, after our PlayStation 2 discussion, uh, I, I felt amped up to finally get around to playing uh, Dirge of Cerberus Final Fantasy VII. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> I, I, I bought that for $20 used at Blockbuster in 2009. Impressive. <laughs> so I'm finally playing it for the first time. And you... Uh... I know you track all these things. You should uh, you should account for inflation and yeah, use that yeah. number when you uh, <laughs> figure out if it was worth it to you. Yeah, I mean, so the sad thing is, is that um, so I had 
my PlayStation 2 that I bought in high school. Mm-hmm. And I loved it. I played it quite a bit, like Metal Gear games, Kingdom Hearts, Final Fantasies, etc. And then after I graduated college, it, the, the disk drive, I think, finally gave out on it and it just didn't work anymore like I, I used to use it for dvds and stuff too it, it got a fair amount of use mm-hmm. so uh andrea my wife uh girlfriend at the time she uh, felt sympathy that my playstation 2 was gone uh, and i don't think i had a playstation 3 at the time uh so she replaced that for me for christmas uh she got one of the the ps slims mm and uh, at the time, I had finished every game that I owned, so I didn't really feel an urgency to play it. Eventually, I then bought like Dirge of Cerberus used, uh, but for whatever reason, I didn't play it at the time. So I, I just didn't play that PlayStation 2 like at all until maybe two years ago. Uh, and so then I decided I was going to play Dirge of Cerberus, but I wanted to be able to stream it and I had no way of being able to do that. So I bought, um, some sort of device that I could plug in my, uh, my component cables and it just wouldn't work. Uh, and it turned out it wasn't the PlayStation, uh, two, it was this device. Like I tried it with some other stuff and it, that device just didn't work. And so I eventually had to get a refund on it. And it turned out about six months later or so, I realized I hadn't turned off the PlayStation 2. What? (laughs) I had it plugged into this thing and then just never turned it off. And it just sat there like under some like books or something for six months. Is it okay? Well, I turned it off and never, I, I, you know, I didn't plug it into my TV to see if it was working at the time. So I finally decided last week, all right, I'm finally going to get around to playing this game. So I bought another little device so that I could plug the uh, the composite cables into the HDMI port and, uh, and, and play that on my PC. And uh, now it does not work. The PlayStation 2, it, it doesn't work. <laughs> doesn't work on my TV, doesn't work on my computer. I'm I'm able to turn it on. There's power and there's electricity going through those cables because like the device that it's plugging into like lights up as uh, though it's does doing the disc something. Spin? Yeah, the disc spins, but it does not actually send any sort of video or audio out. Um if if I'm using either composite or component cables. So I, I wonder if it ever worked i mean who knows i mean i i i back when i first got it i did turn it on it did work Hmm. i just never played a game for like more than the 10 minutes or so that it took to just make sure it worked that is the weirdest (laughs) i don't know if i've ever heard of someone doing that (laughs) (laughs) what buying a console and never using it or Oh, well, I, I've done that myself. I, I can, I, I mean, so I have, I have two power bars and they're both big, fancy, expensive things. And one is for like retro or whatever, old, old things. And one is for newer things. Old in this case goes up to like definitely PlayStation 2. Um, you have a 3DO, right? I, I have a 3DO. Yes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but the 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 power bar that is for the older things um there's like this option to have it all be controlled by one thing like there's one plug called the master plug yeah. and it automatically shuts everything off when that plug is off yeah um and i plug the tv into that so every time the tv is off all systems power is cut to all systems the main reason is like you know those old um uh, power supplies that, yeah. like the super nintendo had like those big fat things they just when they're plugged in and they warm. get old yeah you can kind of hear them going like yeah so it cuts all that and it protects the systems and stuff <laughs> and so <laughs> a playstation 2 being on for six months is uh uh kind of a, a amusing uh problem i think i avoided with my uh my super cool setup here yeah well it, this was 
completely dumb. But anyway, I discovered that there's a, an emulator called PC SX2. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and it plays so the real disc, right? It plays the real discs too. Yeah. yeah. Yep. So I'm I'm able to take that DVD and and slot it into my computer, and, and you uh, can stream it, and I can stream it. So I'm I'm doing that. It took a it took a little while to get it set up, just because like you have to you know get your scan lines and everything set up the way you uh -oh. like it, and uh, I had to configure my PS5 controller to do to be recognized by it and stuff. Uh, yeah. But yeah, I'm I'm uh, about halfway through that game and uh and it's it holds up a lot better than I was expecting it to. Um hmm. I I feel like if I'd played that back when it was actually released, it, it would have been like a hot experience. But it's not quite a hot experience now. There's there's some failures to it. Like I I don't know how many first-person shooter type games there were on uh, on the PS2. Uh, certainly, I don't think there were any others made by Square Enix. Mm -hmm. um, so there's there's a little bit of stuff in it that is weird by today's standards. Like uh, they put the the shooting button, for example, on what I deem to be the wrong shoulder button. Uh, but they uh, they give you uh, customizable controls, so I can mm -hmm. make it feel comfortable. But then, apparently, they didn't. Uh, when they built the Japanese game, they gave you a jump, and it wasn't really enough to let you go anywhere. Like there was a, a crate here and there, and like a little bit of platforming that you had to do. But it was more of like a strategy shooting game than it was like a platforming game. Mm -hmm. For whatever reason maybe people were finding it hard to pull off some of those jumps or something. They decided to give you a double jump in North America. I I hate it when they change the game for localization reasons. Like it's not just uh, well, translation, but like an actual game change. Well, it's, it's, it's nice. It makes it so that you never have to worry about the jumps. Like you're not jumping across pits to your death. It's just like get, navigating Mm -hmm. part of the level and stuff so it, sure. it feels comfortable where you can do it mm -hmm. but they weren't accounting for a double jump when they built the game and mm -hmm. so there's parts of the game that they for whatever reason put invisible walls and like with the double the jump yeah like with the, <laughs> well like there's like uh you're in a building and there's a second floor and mm -hmm. then there's crates so it looks as though with your double jump you should be able to get on those crates and then double jump to the next floor but you mm -hmm. can't because there's an invisible wall around the balcony sounds so sweet. so uh, like there's one level in particular where um i guess you're supposed to crawl under like a half open garage door and then there's like a little secret thing that they never explain what the little secret thing is, but there's some of them hidden in every level and you can shoot them. Mm. Uh, so I did that, but then there's like enemies surrounding you from four sides and they just spawn infinitely and they're up like a few feet above you. So it feels as though I should be able to jump up to those platforms and I'm supposed to go somewhere and I, and I just couldn't figure out why I couldn't get up there. So eventually I just had to like crawl back out through the door and realize that that was just like a little secret area that you're not, that's not the path. But because of that double jump, it felt like that's where I was supposed to go. And I was just like using up all of my ammo, which you run out of. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's <sighs> funny. I mean, I have no idea what their, uh, uh, time budget is but they they're willing to go in and add the double jump but not then go and kind of touch up the places where having it could be yeah. a problem yeah i don't know i mean that sort of thing can be tricky as a developer too because it's like you know that that's not the path so you don't necessarily think to play test as though you don't know where to go yeah uh I get it. I don't know. I I just get grumpy when. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, so I, I I've been playing that. It's a it's it's a better game than I was expecting. Hmm. Um, it's still fun, even though it's got a a couple of weird little things with it like that. Um. And yeah. then uh, with my kid, I'm playing through Paper Mario: The Origami King. 
<laughs> you know, Paper Mario is another game that it's kind of like uh, Untitled Goose Game for me, where I've just played it so much, I just burned out on it so hard, <laughs> so hard. And that, this I, is like this is like the sec the first and the second one, and then I never played any more in the series. So this is the first Paper Mario I've played. Are you liking it? Yeah, it's uh, it's fun. Um, it's quite story heavy, and I'm mm. I'm like constantly impressed with my kid because he he only turned six in December, mm -hmm. um, and he's able to read almost everything in yeah. it now. Like uh, back in December, he wouldn't have been able to read this much, but he, he's just like in in such a short time, he's he's really exploded with his abilities so it's like i read almost everything to him but then every now and then i'll get tuned out for whatever reason and he starts reading the rest on his own and yeah it's uh it's crazy how that goes i'm i've i have similar experiences uh i i can definitely relate so um i'm uh I'm impressed with the tolerance for going through i guess actually paper mario is probably maybe a good balance of like enough you know visual stimulation and mm. text to keep a, a kid interested like it's not just text um and almost all the text that there is there's like puns and jokes and stuff too so he yeah. it's it's really good for him he's enjoying it a lot yeah cool cool um yeah it was the first paper mario that was the one that i actually played um quite enthusiastically i guess um and that was a good game like i did like it it's it's been like 20 years or something so i don't really know where the series has gone i don't i don't think there's any continuity to them or oh. at, at least between this and the previous ones if you're talking about story i'm i'm, I'm just thinking yeah, yeah. Of like how like the game itself has developed i guess right right yeah one uh, thing i wanted to say really quick actually just mm -hmm. before we get too far away from it like when you were talking about playstation 2 <laughs> I, ha yeah. I actually have a a pc engine um uh, it's the Turbo Duo R with the disc and everything. And right. I set it up to play Snatcher, which is a... Uh, uh, Kojima. Yeah, yeah. I was trying to remember his name. Um, It's one of his games. I mean, I think I've talked about it before. And it works. And it's great and everything. And the PC Engine one is... It's not the original original, um, but it's kind of the definitive version with, like, everything in it and everything. Um. But the way the system works, it's really weird. I actually, I, I have to admit I have an electronics background. I still don't even really know. But I guess it's like you can say it has a save function and you save to the system. And the mechanism for saving is some sort of, I don't know, something powered by like one really big capacitor. Right. <laughs> and so it's like already pretty sketchy, right? Like it's this ancient system with some weird onboard saving system um and so the first few times i played it it didn't save anything and then it kind of started to save and i was reading and i guess like if it's a, if you haven't used the system a long time you're supposed to just kind of play it a bit and let it charge up its capacitor and then save yeah and so i'm super like eyebrow raised about it if it's actually going to hold through an entire play session <laughs> and so um, when you were saying you were uh, you were just emulating your PlayStation 2 with the actual disc, I was thinking of doing that with Snatcher because I just don't trust it. I don't want to like play. I mean, I was just going on about long games. I don't want to play through this like 15 hour game and then lose everything eight hours in because then I know I will never finish it. So I might. Uh... It's it's disappointing taking like this middle range. I don't know anything that involves batteries and stuff. It's it it's a hit and miss experience this many years after the fact yep um I, I remember being super disappointed maybe two years ago we had a christmas party at work and i was like okay i bet this party's gonna be lame i'm gonna take my gamecube and we're gonna play smash bros and so i did sounds good to and me. i it was the first time i'd hooked everything up of, of course the last time i'd used it everything worked fine but i hooked everything up and my memory card was dead so we've got smash bros in its default state with no working memory card um which was entertaining for the night but uh, it was also like super disappointing for me that like i had a perfectly unlocked game that is no longer unlocked and i don't know it's kind of the same with dirge of 
Cerberus there where it's just like the PlayStation 2 itself isn't working anymore. And it's like, Mm -hmm. I think it's a shame where there's a lot of games that you can only experience on the one system. Like, like if you want to play Dirge of Cerberus, it's only on PlayStation 2. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, what about games? Okay, if you and, go back... And like PlayStation 3, 4, and 5, you, you can't play PlayStation 2 games on them, right? Yep. Yep. <laughs> yeah. I don't I mean, know. Which, which, is, which is kind of what I really like about what we were intending on talking about today is the Game Boy Advance. <laughs> because it had a lot of... It, like it had reverse uh, backwards compatibility where you could play original Game Boy games on it, right? Game Boy Advance was a wonderful system. I loved the Game Boy Advance. And yes, I mean, you could go all the way back. It it was like, um, I love the color palettes and stuff. Maybe not the lighting <laughs> situation so much. But um, yeah, definitely a, a selling point of the Game Boy line in general, I would say. Yeah, like, so I honestly, I didn't have a Game Boy Advance. Um, but I had two other ways of playing Game Boy Advance games. One was the Game Boy Player, for yeah. uh, which attached onto the GameCube. Mm-hmm. And then my uh, DS Lite as well mm-hmm. was also able to play that stuff. So I, I, I don't know. I And then, like, not only that, like, not only could you play old Game Boy games on it, but they did a pretty good job on the GBA of... Re-releasing old Nintendo games, like yeah, Zelda that games was and thing. Castlevania and stuff. Yeah, that was really a thing. That was interesting. Um, I don't know. I I remember when the Game Boy Advance came out. It was right when I think I touched on this last time, I guess. But like, I feel like nowadays in Jesus twenty twenty one or whatever, um, there's you can get a variety. Like, there's just so many different whatever independent games out there and whatever you can basically find anything to tickle your fancy, but kind of in the, uh, the early two thousands era, that kind of super Nintendo ish game was really out and everyone was doing like the 3d thing. And Mm. you just kind of didn't really see that coming out with new games and stuff. And, and GBA kind of, uh, satisfied that urge for me to go and find that kind of game, I guess. Like it just felt like super Nintendo plus plus, right. Yeah, um, which was awesome. And then they also, uh, I think they actually released a bunch of Super Nintendo games on it. Um, but you know, aside from that, like just the the library was uh, pretty uh, uh, large in the end. I mean, it's just a successful system. Like Nintendo's um, portable lines were always successful, of course. But uh, yeah, I don't know. DBA was like it kind of filled that spot for me. So yeah, it was. Well, I mean. I, I I even today still sometimes consider buying one mm. because like one of the games that I got for GameCube was Final Fantasy Crystal Chronicles. Yep. And in order to play multiplayer, <laughs> you, you gotta you gotta have a GBA. I was gonna say there's a game that is very hard to actually uh, go back and play. Yeah. Hardware necessity and even just having friends. Well, I would. <laughs> yeah, especially the last one. <laughs> um, I mean, I was really disappointed because they just uh, re-released or remade Crystal Chronicles for Switch. Yep. And I was like, okay, I feel bad that I, I bought this game more than a decade ago and, and have never played it. But now's my chance. I've got a kid. I'm going to play this multiplayer with him. And I guess you can't do local multiplayer. Like you, you like, need the GBAs, right? Well, no. With the, with the Switch, I mean... Oh, like, oh, really? Yeah, like you can only do online multiplayer. Uh, <laughs> so, so anyone who's playing it needs a Switch and mm-hmm. uh, and uh, an online account. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so I was just like, okay, well, I guess I'm not going to be, be playing this with my kid. I guess I'll just play the one on my GameCube. And now I just every now and then wistfully look at eBay debating buying a, a GBA SP. <laughs> Um, I don't know if I'm actually trying to think like you could probably almost buy a second switch for the cost of one. <laughs> I mean, it depends, I guess there's, there's all kinds of them. Um, I of course have, uh, uh, kind of that same flashcard set up with, uh, the GPA. 
Oh, wow, and, you're right. They are actually the same cost as a Switch. Yeah, yeah. And if you want like a good one, like I bought this one. I'm I'm crazy, of course. I'm probably not a good example for people, but I bought the one with like the special color set up. It was like a custom build thing. And then it ha- it was the backlight model, Yeah, um, like the really good backlight model. Uh, yeah. I forget how much it cost, but it wasn't cheap. <laughs> so, um, and also, I, I actually don't remember. Do you need, like, is it enough to have one? I thought you, I thought each player needed the GPA. Each each player needs one, yeah. So, yeah. so you would need two then. And and apparently, you can't get like the best ending unless you're playing four player. So, <laughs> so you would need four and the cables. You'd need those connection cable things. Yeah, yeah. I actually found a bag of them at value village one year and so i bought it so i I have i think three of them which i just i was like well this could come yeah so now you can play it (laughs) well i don't have uh friends yeah yeah (laughs) i don't have all the pieces definitely not the friends part um i don't think i have the game i remember uh uh one of our other colleagues had the game and like enough whatever everything to play it but um nowadays i'd have to I think I'd have to pick some more stuff up. Yeah, it's it's a disappointing world to own a game that much time and not be able to play it. I think I bought that when I was in my second year of college. Um, Sounds right, yeah. And my, my roommate at the time, we we played a lot of games together. Like We were trying to work through Battletoads and uh, Double Dragon and a whole bunch of stuff. And so it felt like it was a perfect time to buy it. And then I, I bought that. And he had a GBA, but then we just got so busy with projects that we didn't play it. And then that's Life the story. Happened. Yeah. <laughs> nice, great, cool story. <laughs> now I know what that's like. Yeah. 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 Yep. Nowadays, it's like I don't even, <laughs> I just assume that's going to happen and don't get too excited about these things. What was weird about the system, though, is that, uh, like, like I said, I didn't have the actual GBA. I, at that time, Point, any GBA games I was playing, I would play on my uh, uh, Game Boy Player on the on the GameCube. Mm-hmm. Yep. And and so I picked up. eBay was great back then. Um, I I picked up like uh, Metroid Fusion, Metroid Zero Mission, uh, Sword of Mana, uh, all on eBay for like I don't know two or three dollars per game Canadian. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Oh, come on. There's no way these were these were uh, pirated copies, right? Well, yeah. I mean, th- that thought didn't occur to me at the time. <laughs> but that's exactly what they were. They were they were pirated. Um, if, if I get uh, if I bought a GBA game for one dollar at any point across its entire history, I would have assumed it was. Uh, I mean, pirated. At at that point, I eBay was still very largely like sell your used shit that you don't want anymore mm-hmm. so like i had sold my high school calculator for example uh, on ebay um weird so yeah <laughs> i guess those ti 83 pluses are uh, a commodity i think um, i still have mine i should uh i should look into the ebay option anyway go ahead but but yeah so like i bought these and i played them fine on my uh on my uh, Game Boy Player, uh, and I remember playing through Sword of Mana on it, and I got like maybe halfway through the game or something, mm-hmm. and uh, you know because that was I had a roommate and we only had the one TV. He and his girlfriend probably wanted to watch a movie or something, and so he offered to let me use his Game Boy Advance so I could play that. And uh, <laughs> you got I, the screen, the the game erased. Oh man! Once I once I put it in the, I mean, it was still playable, but the save data was erased by the GBA. Uh, it seemed to not enjoy the pirated games very much. Wow! So there's a lesson so, here, I think. Yeah, yeah. Don't, don't use official hardware. Yeah. Use the Game Boy Player. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's funny. So so that was I never, I never played through that game again. I was so. Yep. gutted that uh, I lost all that progress that I, I just never did it again yep uh, but I yeah I discovered that all of those pirated games that I owned if I played them on the Game Boy Advance they it erased the save data if I played them on the Game Boy player they worked just fine I bet Nintendo probably knew up front that uh, sales of the Game Boy player wouldn't be enough 
that it warranted any extra work in uh, anti-piracy measures for that that specific piece of hardware. Yeah, that's funny. I'm 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 curious what exactly they did behind the scenes to do that, whether it was intentional or not. But, yeah, um, it might so, have been. So th- yeah, so that I, was disappointing. I wonder. I mean, it's probably like some voltage zap or something, and maybe they just weren't capable of doing that through the the expansion port on the on the GameCube. Yeah. Or or something. Yeah, that's weird. Huh. Um while we're on the topic of DBA, one thing I that stands out to me about that system, I feel like it was the last, maybe just for me anyway in my experience, it was the last system that like really had just like beautiful game packaging. Like I still have a lot of my game packaging from from GBA and it's just beautiful like awesome boxes, awesome uh, manuals. The cartridges themselves have, I mean, they're tiny, but they still have like yeah. pretty decent cover art on them, um, yeah. especially a lot of the Japanese releases. Um, you called out uh, uh, the, the Secret of Mana game. Like that game had really great packaging. I had like a bunch of like Gundam games with really good packaging. I yeah. feel like that's when the world started to really transition away from like nice packaging, kind of that era, and go to like no packaging. I don't know. Like DS to me had awful packaging, it was awful plastic cases. Um, and then, yeah, I th- yeah, ever since Nintendo, like look at switch, it's not really any packaging, right? It's like that, the same terrible, I, I, I'm cases. angry. I'm angry at the switch games. Like, cause the packaging I, sucks. Yeah. It's lost well, missed opportunity. It's such a waste of packaging. It's like this huh. tiny little thing. That's like half the size of my thumb. And, <laughs> and, and then it's, it, it's got this giant card plastic box for it with like no booklet at all i'm like if you're gonna give me something this big give me some artwork and stuff to flip through man yeah i hate that i mean i I don't know we're in a world where people are more environmentally conscious like you know generally having no packaging like i don't know like say steam releases i i get it you know packaging everywhere sure i totally totally get it but like exactly right if you're if you're gonna give us packaging anyway give us something awesome right like it's it's kind of the worst of each possible world if you just give us a bunch of junk right yeah yeah it's uh so i mean i've got my bookshelf where i keep all my game cases but now i'm i'm because i went to visit my parents for a few months uh we decided to take all our switch games with us so that Mm -hmm. my kid could have something to do so i bought like a little um i don't know case book whatever you want to call it uh off amazon that holds i think 18 games just like the little cartridges obviously yeah yeah uh and and so now we keep all of our games in that little thing that's like the size of my hand (laughs) um and now we've just got like a ton of empty cases on my shelf with like no books or anything to even make it worthwhile to ever go back to those it's annoying that was actually one thing that i thought cool with the the nintendo ds um because i had bought so many pirated games for the gba Mm -hmm. uh when the ds games came out for whatever reason they decided to add space in each of those cases to hold gba games i remember that yeah i remember that yeah so so i've got like a spreadsheet somewhere that tells me which ds games to open up to find my gba games wow (laughs) (laughs) that's impressive that's impressive i think i all my gba games are in like some big plastic box somewhere i don't i don't know i have the flashcard right so i don't really need to go use them but there's definitely enough there yeah so, so what were your top GBA games? I I thought about it, and I actually didn't list a ton, which is funny, because, I mean, I like the system overall. Like, I really like the system. Um, and I actually use the system I have, like the the fancy uh, GBA with the next backlight, to play. Like, that's also my Game Boy game player and my, uh, my Game Boy Color player. And so I have a lot of really good memories with it playing across mm. those three systems. Um, the I just put one game... Um, uh, which was uh, Mario versus Donkey Kong, and I don't know if you've played it. No, no, it's it's definitely not your kind of game, <laughs> from what I read based on <laughs> discussions. But it's it's very much it's not like an RPG or something. It's more like a, I guess like puzzle platformer thing. But to me, the that series 
I, I call it a series. Like, um, I think it was the original Game Boy. Or was it Color? I think it was the original Game Boy had uh, uh, just Donkey Kong, it was called. And it wasn't the Donkey Kong everyone knows with the, right. the you know, dun, 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 dun. it was it was this like, like kind of the same thing as puzzle platformer where you were Mario and you had to like get through these crazy levels and do crazy things. And it was a very puzzly, interesting game. Um, a lot of fun. And this is, I guess, a spiritual, what do they call them? It's not really successor. a sequel, but yeah, it's like this, the successor to that in a way. Um, and it was on GBA and it was just really, really fun. It was a, it was a fun little uh, game. It's kind of like, I wouldn't quite call it a lost art, but certainly they're, they're not as, uh, on vogue as they they were at one point um but it's just this uh i mean imagine donkey kong like the donkey kong you do know and where you like made a, a whole sequence of levels that are more puzzly and have a whole bunch of stuff going on and are just really genuinely fun uh uh i'm i don't even know how to describe it really like you'd kind of have to play it to feel the real uh uh enjoyment out of it that's the game that stands out to me on the system like i definitely played through you know, the Final Fantasy uh, re-releases and uh, uh, FFTA. I don't know if you played that one. Which one? Uh, the um, Final Fantasy Tactics Advance. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, sorry, I tried to block that out of my memory. <laughs> you know, I I don't hate that game. It just it went nowhere. Like, I, I, after the original Final Fantasy Tactics was such an enjoyable experience, to play that one, it just felt like such a wasted experience. Like, like it looked beautiful and it played well and nothing happened. It was just such a I've, weird thing. I've, I've looked back at it since, uh, because it, it has some nice pixel art in it, as, it does, uh, yeah. for like the environments, mm -hmm. but I hated that game so much. I was so disappointed by it. Yeah. I loved the original final fantasy tactics yep. on, on PlayStation. Yep. I, I absolutely loved it. It was like this really, uh, mature story about like religion and, and demons and betrayal and politics and stuff. And it had like this really broken uh, job system and stuff <laughs> that really was a great power fantasy where you could just build up ninjas that could like <laughs> break down anything. <laughs> like, isn't, isn't that every Final Fantasy? But anyway, I I guess, but it 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 was like this great power fantasy with an awesome story, and the music in it was amazing. Yeah, fantastic game. Uh, and Final Fantasy Tactics Advance was just such a disappointment to me because the story was so immature yep. and kiddy, and like I didn't want to play as a nine-year-old kid in the never-ending story yeah, I mean, with judges was, telling me how I'm supposed to play. It was definitely intentional. I almost I think, felt yeah. I felt like the music I like none yeah. of it stood out to me. Yep, yep. Totally hear you. I I think I have a bigger tolerance a little bit for that. I mean, I know you're like I, I if if the story I'm really into flavor. Yeah, I mean I want that to be good, right? I'm just saying like if that is bad or in this case really really bad i i'm still like i don't just tune out of the game right away but i think there's enough things wrong with that game or, or like enough wasted opportunity that it's just like oh man it was it was definitely frustrating um there's a sequel which i don't know enough about i think i actually own it but i don't know if it's the same like kids throwing snowballs at each other type thing or if it's a little more mature uh and it might even be for ds I should go check that out. I I remember hearing about it and just not <laughs> picking it up. Yeah, it is for DS. Yeah, they missed their Grim chance. Grimoire of the Rift. Oh sure. <laughs> um, yeah, I I don't know. I I also really loved. I I so I never played the Vagrant Story, so I don't know the whole uh, beginning of Evilus. Mm -hmm. Um. And, and how that's evolved over the years. But for me, Final Fantasy Tactics, like Evilus was a great world as well. Mm -hmm. um, and it's been really weird seeing that being like twisted around in the, in the Tactics Advance and in Final Fantasy XII. Um, I've never understood this fascination with like the, the bunny girls and the lizard men and stuff that 
they were really pushing for this world. Like in the in the subsequent games, you mean, or in the original too? <clears throat> well, I mean, the, in tactics, in Final Fantasy Tactics, I don't think there were any bunny ladies. I don't remember to be honest. But it's like, but such a common they, stupid drop in in all these older Japanese games. But yeah, sure. Yeah, but the, but they had it in Tactics Advance and they had it in Final Fantasy Twelve, and it it just like felt weird to me that they're just like. I don't know, throwing these gimmicks into the world. Mm-hmm. You like the pure version from the original? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, when the original came out, I was obsessed with it and like put, I don't know, all these hours in and I read through the entire encyclopedia that the game basically has and did every single job and did every single thing and whatever. Um, and so I, I totally, like I get it actually. I, I liked the world a lot. I liked the music a lot. Everything about the game was super fun. And I definitely felt none of that for uh tactics advance i did finish it i thought oh, it was okay <laughs> I, I, did, I finished I did, it too know. yeah i think there was like i remember it was weird at the end because i there was like a few levels left and i went into one of the levels one of the stages and i didn't realize it was the last one and i beat it and the game ended and i was like oh and pulled it out and never played it again like it, you know what i mean like it's very different I, than Final Fantasy tactics where it was like i have to do everything well I feel like I remember you expressing anger at the time that you were playing it because you were kind of trying to do all the side quests and there was like an item that you sold or threw or got rid of somehow and you couldn't do one of the side quests without that item. <laughs> Sounds like it might have happened. I don't really remember. I think I was I was like ready to be done with the game when I yeah. when I was done with it and so I definitely was probably starting to get frustrated. Um, yeah, I was. I wasn't a fan of that one. Um, Final Fantasy Four, on the other hand, on Game Boy Advance, um, Final Fantasy Four was always one of my favorite games. Like when I played it, Final Fantasy Two on the Super Nintendo, mm-hmm. it was like it was. It was amazing. I loved it so much at the time, and I think Advance is my favorite version of the game. Oh, interesting. Uh, uh, I don't it's, even... It's, what's different? I don't remember. So they essentially... Like, when they made it for the Super Nintendo, uh, they basically, like, dumbed down the Japanese they, version. They gutted it, yeah, and censored it. Because <laughs> we're too stupid to be able to play with all those extra options and stuff. <laughs> um, so, so it was simplified quite a bit. And so this version reintroduces all that stuff like you're able to use like your dark magic or whatever as Mm -hmm. a dark knight and um story-wise i i seem to recall it's pretty much identical up until you get to the end of the game Mm -hmm. um and then they've added like a whole extra dungeon at the end of the game Mm -hmm. which gives like extra backstory on like how were you adopted into the kingdom of baron and how like what was everyone's backstory basically <laughs> didn't they and, release a whole game to do that for number four or no those were the after years or yeah they did like a they did a sequel to it which i never played it's apparently really bad yeah there's like yeah. a lot of revisiting the same dungeon over and over god every every version of it that's been released have made my eyes bleed visually so i haven't been motivated to play it either anyway go on yeah it looks like a mobile game or something oh it will yeah. Um, but but yeah, I mean, the I I haven't gotten around to playing uh, six advance, but I hear it's kind of the same way where it's like, you know, the the classic game all the way through, but then with a, a whole bunch of extra stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, Final Fantasy four advance to me, that's that's the version right there that if you're ever gonna play that game, that's the one you should play. Interesting. I mean, I played the Super Nintendo, not gutted one. And so for mm. me, it feels like the difference would be the stuff at the end. Um, my quick experience with stuff at the end. <laughs> I don't know if you've, uh, I think you've never played the original Link's Awakening, right? I know you played the remake. Um, the, the color one, the, uh, what is it? Uh, uh, DX, I guess. Link's Awakening DX. I played through that fairly recently. And I remember when it came out, one of the selling points was this extra dungeon at the very end. Yeah. Um, or it's it's not, it's close to the end. It's like kind of hidden. And it wasn't like a selling point for me. I just felt like playing the game again. So I decided to play the color one because it's the same game, just in color now. 
and it, I liked yeah. it overall. It's just a colorized version of the same game. But this extra dungeon is <laughs> the biggest tease ever. I mean, it was over in like three minutes. And it's like, it just uses the fact that it's a color game to add this like new gimmick that uses colors. Yeah. I couldn't believe that was the extra dungeon. Like it, it was as if it was just like a little hidden cave in the original game or something. Like that was <laughs> definitely <laughs> one of the biggest disappointments. I mean, not that I had, not that I was like actively really looking forward to it, but yeah. if I had been, I would have been shocked with how little new content there was. There was maybe like six screens and you know what like yeah. Zelda game uh, dungeons are like with the old ones with their single screens, right? Like, yeah, the, yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I hear you describe that as a bonus for FF4, and I, I immediately kind of well, I think it, I think it was well done. Yeah, no, I, I believe you. I'm just I'm just saying. For me, it's like mm, I've done uh, those before. I mean, my other probably favorite game that was on that system was uh, metroid zero mission mm. which great game yeah like i think that i mean it's a remake of the original metroid but it's also like it, it handles differently all throughout and it's updated graphics and everything like it's i guess that's kind of like the, the equivalent of the final fantasy 7 remake where it's it's like they redid it that they didn't just port it yep um but that's kind of the same way too, where like they throw in a whole bunch of extra stuff. Sorry, daughters. <laughs> As you can hear, all the shuffling noises. Yeah. Um, <laughs> okay. Um, uh, yeah. I mean, I think it kind of like even the games you've you've listed as like the ones you you remember really well in the system. It's like that's what Game Boy Advance was really good at, right? Like these yeah. kind of Super Nintendo style RPGs and and. Uh, platformers and stuff um even like mario versus donkey kong was very you know i I think they could have pulled that off on super nintendo i feel like it was a nostalgia machine it was that's yeah that's kind of i'm dancing around that point but like at the time it felt like you know oh i missed this like for me very much um and uh the games that were really high quality it was just like it was it was great it was a great experience it was uh, I. I feel like it was a better nostalgia machine than those uh, NES classic minis that came out. Well, because because it, it was like because it was new. I mean, it was that feeling. It was again. new. Yeah, like all this. Yeah, the stuff that was on there. Like you were able to play like the old Mario games and old Metroid games, and but everything was like kicked up a notch too. Yep. Yep, and like. Even like not just the remakes, but like the new games that came out, they felt like that kind of game. But yeah. like you say, they were kicked up a notch. So I'm uh, I'm slowly probably being pulled into a childcare situation. <laughs> I'm I'm glad we finally got to GBA. <laughs> well, you know, it, t- it took us twenty minutes or more, and then, but uh, but yeah, I. Uh... I love that system. It's it's so weird how much love I have for that, even though I didn't actually own it. I just owned like the Game Boy Player and the DS. And... Yep. Yep. Well, um, I mean, I I kind of I also have a lot of love for that system, even though I I didn't even really play a ton of games on it. Um, I yeah. mean, I shouldn't say that. I I haven't finished a ton of games. Um, another quick call out is the uh, the Phoenix Wright series. Yeah. Uh, uh, just really quick as we're i think wrapping up here um it's probably quite uncharacteristic for me to like this kind of game because it's exactly that kind of thing i complain about infinitely where it's like there's not really a game there right it's just like a bunch of kind of story clumped together and you press buttons to push it through but like i don't know i liked the characters i mean they were hokey and stupid and whatever um and i like the music a lot it's just a fun little experience so uh I, I kind of timed out like what there's like four, five of them now. There's three on the GPA, um, but I like the first one a lot. I uh, I got the trilogy on Switch. Yeah. Uh, so I've played through the first one, yeah. uh, but I, I, I haven't made time for the other two. <sighs> two I liked a lot less, and then I didn't play three. But I like the first one, and I did play through the second one. So, um, yeah. yeah. Um, probably a lot of breathing noises, I think, when I... <laughs> daughter has a slight cold 
Okay. Well, uh, I guess that wraps up the GBA. That was, uh, we, we'll, I'm sure, knock through future consoles at a faster rate, but uh, I don't know. Uh, well, around the same time, what else did they have? Like Xbox? I, we'll probably talk about Xbox for five minutes, really, right? X, Xbox, I had, I literally never played it. <laughs> we should wrap up. Yeah, I'm going to have to go in a second here. Um, all right, well, nice chatting. Uh, uh, always fun to hit the uh, the GBA days up. Yeah. Yeah, man. All right. Catch you later. Till next time. Cheers, Amenia.